So I know Daryl, Glenn, and I have been playing Battlefront. Do you guys, have you elevated yourselves to new levels of cursing while playing uh, Battlefront? I haven't been playing it yet. I'm sorry. I'm ashamed to say. <laughs> I, I have it, but my son has taken over the uh, PS4. So oh. I haven't gotten to play a lot, but I hear him cursing a lot, which I'm not happy <laughs> <laughs> I, I love playing it, but man, I could get so frustrated so easy playing Battlefront. But uh, but it's a great game. Did you did you get the uh, the new map? The Jakku? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got it today. Yeah, I I, uh, I pre-ordered it, so I got it on. I got it last week. But that is the map. I that is the map that I curse at the most because that whole like tide of war style that the new game mode they put in is infuriating uh, because you start so far away from those control points and I just keep getting shot by people I can't even see. Like, it's it's insane. And I just get so mad. I do hate that, too. We're not here to talk about Battlefront. We're here to finish off our six-episode series. This is number six. And we're here to talk about Return of the Jedi. I've heard of that movie. Little Another little independent film. Wasn't it Re- Revenge of the Jedi? It yes. was. <laughs> Remember the posters? Yes. Yes, yeah, all right. Yep. They had a full page like, ad in Starlog, <clears throat> Starlog magazine that said Revenge of the Jedi. And you were just like, ooh, revenge. Like Luke is getting revenge. Yeah. That's right. And then they they changed the name and you're like, Yeah, I guess that does make sense. A Jedi wouldn't get revenge. Like like that kind of that kind of doesn't flow. Anger, revenge, that is not the Jedi way. Yeah, I think somebody did that on purpose so they could hoard a bunch of those one sheets uh, that came out and <laughs> and then sell them for a mint down the road. Yeah, I remember. I think it, it was a Steel City Con. I saw a ball cap from like the production crew of Revenge of the Jedi. Um, it was like the, a patch on a Nick cap, like a regular old ball cap, and I think they went like two hundred bucks for it because it was Damn. actual production crew cap. But yeah, Return of the Jedi, I mean, just brought, I don't know, I was, the, the coolest thing about Return of the Jedi for me was seeing Luke be a badass. Yeah. I think. That was like number one yeah. for me, because when he reveals himself in that scene, he does not look like the same farm boy we started out with. You know what I mean? He, he's been through it. You know, he's definitely, he's got a, a bearing, you know, an air about him, a bearing. He's just like, he's not to be trifled with. You know, he's not just this wide-eyed farm boy looking out over the, desert anymore he's seen some stuff you know dressed in black yeah yeah i was so happy for that because I, I, that was a huge payoff for me i just wanted to see luke make that hero's journey and, and it just totally paid off in this this episode you know especially later when he can you know when he's confronting his father and like the passive way and he's you know really you know he's being a, tr- a true jedi you know he just goes and like tries to turn his father back to the light side rather than attacking him, you know, and I don't know. It's, it was very, I found the movie very satisfying. I know a lot of people down it for the Ewoks or whatever. And I, mm. I heard the whole story about how they you know, were supposed to be Wookiees and they had to rewrite or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I, I saw it as, a, you know, especially, you know, for ending the trilogy, ending the stories, resolution, I, I was very satisfied with the turn of the Jedi. I thought it was great. I just gloss over the Ewoks. I pretend they're not there. There you go. <laughs> There's so much good in that movie. Why, you know, why, why does that bother you? This one for me was one where I finally 
I was old enough to really remember, you know, what was going on, like vividly seeing it in the movie theater, like leading up to it, watching the commercials on TV, all that kind of stuff. Like I was, so in, in May of 83, I was 11, almost 12. Um, we were still in Chicago and it, I, I just, just the imagery from it, you know, just the, the, from the, you know, we had the original poster, but then like when the movie came out, you had that poster where it was just Luke's hand with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just kind of, you know, making the motion. Um, and then the, I remember the, the TV commercials and, and you'd see, you know, they show the trailer and you get to see like the half completed death star. And I was like, I, I thought at the time that was such a cool way to do it. It's like, okay, if you're going to rehash and pull and come back and do another Death Star thing, it was really cool to kind of have this where it's not even fully complete yet. It's got all these jagged edges and stuff. It was just, it was aesthetically, it was just a really cool look. And then I remember with the commercials for the, for the movie, you know, the, the trailers where you're seeing Luke and Vader standing next to each other, those elevator doors open and you're just right. like, Oh my God, is he, he's a bad, he's a bad guy now. Like what's going on? Like, is, did he turn, you know what? He was wearing black on top of it. It was just, it right, was, there was uh, definitely an Imperial elevator, you know, yeah, it was like, yeah. it was obviously, it was on some sort of Imperial thing. So it was just like all these questions, you know, what is, you know, is Vader really his father and, you know, who's the other Jedi and, you know, just like, or who's the other Skywalker and, you know, just all these questions and, Knowing this was the last one, it was like, okay, we're going to get all these, you know, these answers. Uh, and I, I was really, I was really happy with it. And it was, uh, again, it was another one of those, you know, go to the theater, wait in line, uh, for, you know, a couple showings before you get, it was, it was kind of like a very similar experience, the movie going experience for me as, as it was for Empire, you know, again, seeing it at the same theater and just kind of the same thing where the line was around the block and you're just kind of having to wait until it's it's your turn and that screen happens to open up where you can get in on it. Yeah, we, I took off the entire day from school. A bunch of friends went there. We got online. It was uh, down – I forget which theater we saw it in. But, yeah, it, it, we had to wait like two or three shows to get in. And, uh, you know, it was worth it. And, you know, half the fun of that was just sitting around and talking to everybody online because, you know, they all, they all had the same, uh, love of Star Wars and, you know, we just sat there and, you know, hashing out, you know, what do you think's going to happen? And, you, know, well, you know, is he his father and all this stuff? I mean, that, that was, that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I think these days you don't have that as much, especially with being able to pre-buy tickets and, and uh, assign seating and all that stuff, which is a shame, I think, uh, in some cases. But. Yeah, I had this really, little thing called the Internet. Yeah, I had a really interesting experience. My dad was um, working at the uh, the federal prison in Stark, Florida, actually, as a prison guard. And there's a company town, like, right outside the prison called Stark, Stark, Florida. Um, and they have, like, a little, uh, like, one-screen movie theater in that town. And when Return of the Jedi came out, like, pretty much the entire town showed up to see it and they ended up just kept they just kept showing it all night until people went home and it was like four or five in the morning finally when the last showing of it ended and i just remember like pretty much everybody who lived in that town like either went in or out of that theater that night because we stayed there all you know the whole whole night to watch it you know over and over again nice Hmm. it was just kind of really weird like small town experience what about you daryl what did what what was going on when you went and I remember, I saw it on a Saturday, I think, and I remember it being, that's when I really remember how crowded it was. I mean, it was, uh, we were around the corner. 
Like I remember walking in, uh, me and my mother went and I remember when we were walking, we saw the line from the movie theater and I think I saw it in Flushing. And I remember we thought, okay, that's the end of the line at the block. And then they were like, no, it's not. And then they put, they pointed down and then there was another line all the way around the corner. And then it went around the other side. And I remember my mother was like, oh, and she, she was like, I don't think we're going to see this today. I'll come back and get you. <laughs> right. Here's a quarter for the phone. Don't don't go anywhere. This is ridiculous. But then the line started. I remember the line started to move pretty quickly as we uh, but we got there early, though. We got there before it opened. But I remember that was the first time I remember actually looking at a line around the freaking corner for a movie. And uh, getting in there and just uh, just being excited, like I was older, I was more aware of what was going on, and I remember getting my hot dog, and and you know, like I had figures, and you know, like you're a little bit more into it, you had more information about it, and uh, I just remember being so excited when that when that when it started and, and being ready to to see what happened and you see and all you see is C3 C3PO complaining again. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing you get to see is those two go at it. Uh, but it was it was something like it was something to see um to see uh Luke and I just kept thinking to myself there must be like a whole years worth of stories of what happened that he went from the screw up in in the Empire Strikes Back to the level headed Jedi with the cloak, right? <laughs> you know, I just kept thinking there was so much more time had passed than it really was. Well, how, how long was it? I mean, you guys would know more than than me. I mean, how, I think it's a year. Yeah, is it, official, is it a true year? The official okay. word yeah. is a year. But he doesn't go back to see Yoda though. In between, Never. no. Okay, uh-uh. until we they're see chased, the end. Yeah, they're well, chased by. Um, all that really happens is uh, Chewbacca and. And Lando find him first, find where he takes him. Then Lando infiltrates the, uh, the palace. You know, infiltrates the palace and then, yeah. uh, alerts Leia and, and, and Luke. They're getting chased while the, uh, rebels are holed up and, cause they did find a place to go. Cause remember, that was the big thing of finding another planet to hide at. Right. Cause Hoth was destroyed or whatever got infiltrated. Exactly. So okay. they, they had hit it another place. And while they were hiding, uh, Luke and Leia uh, were on the run from bounty hunters. So that was like their little adventure right there. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because the comics even went. I mean, the, obviously, Shadows of the Empire kind of fills the – was the official filling of the gap. But the comics did it as well, you know, where mm-hmm. they were constantly – oh, we, you know, they almost would get them. You know, they were, they right. were kind of after Boba Fett and they would come close to finding them and something would happen and they would kind of have to – you know, go on to the next thing, but that was one of my favorite extended universe, uh, you know, books or, or properties or IPs or whatever is in Shadows of the Empire, right? Yeah, I still have some of the toys. I mean, it's like Dash Rendar's Outrider and stuff. Plus, it was an awesome that, video game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. they, tied, they yeah. tied that in massively with that video game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was kind of surprised in the most recent continuity reset that they didn't keep Shadows. I, I kind of figured that would be like the one book to stay. But uh, I guess they decided Clean Sweep was better than, uh, you know, a whole bunch of uh, exceptions. I don't think they've officially canned it, have they? I, they, I don't they, think so. They haven't. 
that's the one thing they haven't really said, like, what's officially in and what's officially out. I, I think it almost seems like they're playing fast and loose. Now, granted, a lot of, you know, I think the post-Jedi stuff is pretty much out just, just because of, you know, depending on what happens with the new movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the stuff in between, unless they specifically say, I think they, they've kind of allowed themselves to use it if they wanted, I guess. Is right, right. Sure, sure. But they didn't, you know, they, they said the movies and the TV shows are definitely canon. Right. Uh, That's it. I, I would think if any book would get the, and this is definitely canon check mark. It would be shadows, but l- like you said, they are free to use or not use whenever they want. Yeah. They uh, they did retcon Dash Rendar's Outrider into a New Hope, so oh, that's true. So maybe there's uh because I can see that being a period of time they would want to do a mini of again. That like that's that's just money, you know, money in the sure. bank to be able to uh, to do more, like just like the in between of uh, Star Wars and. An empire, so I can see them doing another. That'll be just, uh, you know, just the whole story of how he becomes a Jedi, kind of. Sure. What about you? So, Craig and, and Jordan, since you you guys didn't see it in the theater, what I, I think Jordan, we did the last episode. You mentioned you think you saw a Jedi first, actually, of all of them. Yeah. So, yeah, like like I said last time, I'm not a hundred percent sure if I saw Empire or Jedi first. I think it was Jedi first. I, I know exactly where I saw both of them and with who and all that kind of stuff. Just not, not which order it was, but it would have been at family friends of my parents' house. Um, I won't say their name, but I, I remember I was friends with the daughter whose name was Christine and I was probably like six or seven. And so still fairly new to Star Wars. Um, and while our parents were hanging out, me and her and I, I guess whatever of my sisters were alive at the time were hanging out in the basement. And at the time they had, they had a huge TV guys. It was probably like 35 inches or something, but for massive. early, early nineties and me being a little kid, this was a massive TV. And this was the first time I had ever seen, you remember those, um, uh, v- VHS speed rewinders? The, <laughs> yeah. That's all the oh, yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> And that was I the first one. time I'd I'm ever seen that. I'm looking for a new one, too, actually, if you see one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've but, got one, Jim. You can have it. <laughs> but but I remember watching it down there, and that was also the first time that I had ever heard, um, oh, Darth, Darth Vader, the way he became that way is, you know, he he fell in a volcano or he fell in lava. And I, I was like, oh, I'd never heard this before. And I still don't know exactly where she had heard. That was probably – I'm assuming her dad was a big Star Wars fan because, again, we were like seven or eight or – um. But that was the first time I had ever heard of the, the volcano. And so even years later, when, when Revenge came out, it was, oh, we're finally going to get to see Mustafar and then the, and the lava. And, you know, it, it was what it was. I liked it. I know some people don't, but this was, this was laying all those seeds f- for that moment. Now, as for the actual movie, I don't hate, uh, Return of the Jedi. It's my least favorite of the original trilogy. I actually like Revenge of the Sith more, but it's still a fine movie. It's got really awesome parts. But at the same time, it's a kind of a long movie where not really a lot happens. Like there's kind of two set pieces in this entire movie and they take a long time to move through them because they need to leave space for all the musical numbers. So, you know, <laughs> it, 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 I don't hate it, but. You know, we're and, talking about uh, Return of the Jedi down. and not Greece, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Making sure. I, w- one thing I do remember is, oh, I'm sorry, Craig, we, we, I cut you off. Well, I mean, again, like the other movies of the original trilogy, I saw them in succession, rented from the video store. I was, you know, relatively young, uh, and, and, uh, watched them with my father. 
great. I mean, it was just, I saw them in order and it was just, this was really good. I had no problems with this movie when I was younger. As I've gotten older, obviously the flaws have kind of become more apparent. Uh, the, the silliness, the goofiness, the Ewok stuff, you know, that, that started creeping into this movie, whereas Empire was definitely more serious, uh, than this one was. Overall, just a great movie. I, I want to note a couple of high points though, without critiquing it too much. The space battles got a lot faster and a lot more ships, especially at the end, that last scene with the, the whole rebel fleet against the, the, the Death Star. I think that's finally where they got it, where it was so many ships. And again, this is pre CG. That's a lot of motion control photography to make all that happen and the speed of it. And just, I, I appreciated that. I think even at a young age, I liked, uh, as Jim said, Luke's new demeanor in his, his black outfit and uh, his his definitely dark take on being a Jedi. His new lightsaber was definitely really cool. The one he built himself that was very nice. First um, time I've just ever seen a lightsaber that wasn't blue or red. At that point, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, we've seen yeah. them in, in the prequels, right? The Yoda's was green, and a few others were, right? I guess. Oh, sure. Mace Windu's was purple, but I'm saying at the time, yeah. like this was a brand new concept that a lightsaber could be something other than red or blue. Red or blue. That's a good point. Yeah, and it made a different sound too. Like it, went, it was really just a nice. It was cool. I I, I liked that. It was just, and they got uh, you know, Darth Vader was pretty, was pretty bad too. I mean, that fight scene was pretty good between him and Luke at the end, and then throwing the lightsaber. Just he was pretty aggressive. It was good stuff. I mean, uh, just a good movie. I enjoyed the entertainment of it. Definitely, uh, as I've gotten older, I've seen more of the flaws. Like I said, you know, the silliness and the Ewoks and things like that. But still, a great movie. I have fond memories of of, of watching it. It's funny with the whole lightsaber thing because originally it was supposed to be blue. But on the poster, some... it's blue, right? On the on the movie poster, it was. Yeah, the poster it was blue, and then it, throughout the production it was. But I guess then when they did the Tatooine outdoor stuff, especially the you know low shots going up, the blue just blended in with the sky. Like it was hard for them to, I guess, rotoscope it out. So they they changed it to green, which was kind of interesting did he make it green though because yoda's was green and yoda taught him how to make the new one is that what it was you think or mm, no that doesn't have anything to do with it okay i thought maybe george lucas had you. no concept of yoda ever having a lightsaber 30 years oh, ago. okay <laughs> <At that Yeah>. point, <laughs> yeah. i thought it was like whoever taught you how to be a jedi that's the color you have like no, it's, it? i mean cat in terms of canon, it's all based on what types of crystals you happen to have available. Right. Right. Okay. That makes it the color. Um, but even the, the way he got the information to build it was, was that it wasn't from a holocron. You didn't have the holocron yet, right? It was just from, um, Force Ghost Obi-Wan. It's been a long time since I've read that particular. I'm trying to remember if the book said it or not. Because Qui-Gon's was blue, wasn't it? Qui-Gon's was blue and so was Obi-Wan. Oh, no, no. Qui-Gon's is green. Oh, is it green? green, Oh, okay. Obi Wan was blue. Okay, because you kind of it goes by the crystal and it kind of channels you. It it Mm. just it just you don't know what color it's going to be. It just kind of kind of goes by that. But I can't remember Mm -hmm. if it was in the books where where he got the information to build it or not. It was definitely in Shadows of the Empire because I mean he builds it in that book, but I, I don't remember the specifics. I'm trying. Maybe it was Yoda that told him how to do it. But he hadn't gone back to Yoda. That's so. what I asked. He, he no, but back, I mean, right? during so. the, the time he was training, we just didn't see it. Maybe it was... Well, but he. why would Yoda tell him how to build a new lightsaber when he already had a lightsaber? He, he wasn't missing it yet. That's part of the training, though, right? The Jedi Well, training. yeah, but that's something that was added in later. <laughs> mm. You know, in terms of actual real world when it was written. 
He still carries a blaster around sometimes too. Even in, in Jabba's palace, he still has his his gun. No, he pulled that. He force he pulled, pulled that from. Oh, that's from right. He did the front line of the guards. He wasn't carrying it. You're right. That's true. Glenn, were you gonna pop in there? Yeah, I was gonna say. I think uh, they just came out with a couple of. Uh, they might have been young adult books. I think one of them was about the saber. Oh yeah. Huh. I'm trying to trying to see if I could find the name of it. Continue. I'll I'll look. Uh, real quick, shout out to the Empire. Luke goes to Obi-Wan's old place on Tatooine and finds his lightsaber plans. Luke oh, uses his plans to build his own lightsaber. If you compare Obi-Wan's lightsaber and the one yeah. Luke made, there are some pretty major design similarities. The shape uh, of when it. When Luke was the, training under Yoda, he already, yes. right. <laughs> when Luke was training under Yoda, he already had a lightsaber, so it's not unreasonable that Yoda skipped the how to make your lightsabers uh, lesson. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Remember, he had his father's. Right. Because I kind of do remember reading something about he had to, like, he was trying to put the information together to get the pieces as they were running from the uh, bounty hunters to finally build it. Like, it was just every downtime he had was him building the piece by piece the the lightsaber. Well, Darth Vader approved of it, so I guess he did a good job. (laughs) Yeah. I think that might be part of when he knew he was ready as well. Yeah. I'm, like I'm when sure. he finally got the, you know, he put it all together and then he finally had that fight with the bounty hunter at the end. I think that that was kind of the whole combination that got him into the point where he was ready to channel the force. Well, isn't there a line when he's talking to Vader right after the elevator? Doesn't he say, I see, I see you've constructed a new lightsaber. Yeah. Your training is, is nearing Skills completion complete. or is finally complete. Yeah. yeah. It's funny I, how it's complete, but not complete. Because he yeah. learned, every, still learned everything on the fly. I mean, he doesn't really know <laughs> how he. I could see if if they have a thing where he does uh, train, where he tried to open a school and train uh, a new Jedi, and then it fails. I could understand why it fails because he still doesn't know how to train people in in the in terms of the Force. I mean, all everything with him was I had to learn it while I was getting uh, while I was in fear of getting murdered. Right, on-the-job training. Yeah, so it, it wasn't something where he learned it calmly, you know, like he knew what, what exercises to give somebody. Yeah, that's one of the things, I, the Kevin Anderson trilogy, the Jedi Academy trilogy, mm-hmm. that was one of the things, and I can't remember the, the Jedi's name, that came became like his second-in-command or his right-hand man, but he was... Was it Kyle Katarn? No, 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 it wasn't Kyle Katarn. Um, Kyle Katarn was... Uh, was from Dark Forces, right? But he eventually he was retconned into being in that class, I believe. Right, right. Yeah, eventually. he eventually became but, a master. But there was one that he found because it was the whole sun. What was it? The sun killer. The sun. Oh, sun you're killer? talking about? Um, he was uh, first. Han saved him. Right, and Remember? then they brought him back, and it turns out he had he was a Jedi from before, if I recall, where well, he no. had some more extensive. Well, he training. had the power. He, the way he became a Jedi, he didn't know he was a Jedi. He didn't know he had the Force, but he had an affinity for building things. And he was a slave or something, and, and Han had saved him in one of his books. And then he brought him, he knew from saving him, he noticed that he could do things that a Jedi could do. So he knew that he, he knew the Force, and his brother got killed. Uh, fighting the Empire, and he wanted revenge on the Empire, and that's why he got caught up with the Sun Killer. 
which yeah. was another ship they were going to use. The Empire was going to use, and he went on. He went to the dark side. Actually, he was touched by the dark side. Yeah, because he found Exar Kun's temple on mm-hmm. Yavin. It was Kip Duran. That's that's Kip who it was. Dur- yeah, and, and yeah. then the Sun Crusher. The Sun Crusher. Like, Marvel, I think <laughs> what they did was they wanted a character who acted like Han, but that was a Jedi like Luke. And that's pretty much what they had him. He was like a father figure. It was Han was a father figure, and I wish they had kind of did more with him and Han. But they once they introduced him into the into the uh, into Luke's world with the with the school, they kind of separated after that. Those were I man. I not to not to go too far off off the the deep end, especially now that none of that stuff is canon, but. Um, I, I mean, the, we had the Zon trilogy and then, mm-hmm. and then this Jedi Academy trilogy by Anderson. And I, man, I, I really like those books. I, oh, I like, I, I like them a lot. That was my other comic love. Like those are like, yeah. it had so much continuity after a while. It was comics. I mean, yeah. they brought them from other, they brought characters from other books. I mean, they brought the, the princess that was in the, um, the, uh, what was the before Han and Leia got, married oh uh, the, the courtship of princess Leia. right they brought characters from that book the, like, yeah. they, they were basically pulling characters that people liked from all these different books even if the books weren't that good well yeah. and then later on they would wreck like i was saying with um uh with the guy from jedi Academy, uh, with from the video game dark forces whose name i'm the Kyle Kyle um they they brought they reckoned him in mm-hmm. they reckoned in I jedi they wreck they then they had a whole bunch of like young adult books that also took mm-hmm. place around the same time and place yes. they, they kept coming back to that yeah. trilogy for 20 years yeah yeah, yeah. even the that and the x-wing trilogies Yes. <laughs> yes. They were pulling out like Corrin Horn, who was oh, yeah. part of the uh, until he became a Jedi and then became a master. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, Zahn, Stackpole, and Kevin Anderson wrote like the best of the EU stuff. I mean, they're, yes. I just, I they, really mm-hmm. like everything they wrote to me was just pretty much gold. For the first like 20 years, I'd agree with you. Then I think you got a lot of good stuff with like Legacy of the Forest and stuff. Once true, they were really true. like, I want to say churning them out, but once they had like a strong editorial arm that was like guiding them, then they I think they were also group. doing some really good things. But, yeah, exactly. Like we talked about earlier on, there was an actual uh, uh, writer's group that would get together and they would set up the year or so long thing of stories. You know, from Lucas would lay down like what he said was okay and what wasn't okay, and then they would they would plot out and plan the whole thing. But it was rough for them though, yeah, because it could change at any time. Like it, well, and that that did happen. What was the yeah. one lady who was writing all the Mandalorian stuff for like Karen Travis? Six? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, she quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When they when they started bringing out all the um the Clone, Clone Wars, Wars stuff and the Mandalorians yeah. there and disregarding all the really really cool work she was doing with like totally. the language and the culture yeah. and yeah. It's a shame, but you know it. It is what it is. It's a business. You, you know, know, signing it when you sign, you know, they still get paid. I mean, once you sign that that contract, I mean, that's that's exactly. You know, it's not your stuff. Yep. One of the things I remember bringing it back to to Jedi when I think it was maybe at the movies, the Siskel and Ebert show, or maybe it was Entertainment Tonight when they had like an extended look, and I remember the scene they showed was them on the uh, the shuttle Tidarium when they kind of did the whole approaching uh, the the new you know the the Death Star to get the codes down. They just I don't know, fly casual. Yeah, I mean that was <laughs> I, I saw that scene and I was like, oh, this is like they're back together again. Yeah. It's all of them, you know, they're they're being funny and it's good. 
you know, they stole this Imperial ship and it was just like, <laughs> I was so excited. Like it was just like, that was, you know, it wasn't even an action sequence, but it no. was, it felt like Star Wars. Like so that. in the marketing for this movie, they made no effort to hide uh, Han's fate then. Cause I mean, if he, he's in that no. scene. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, even on the mo- you know, the full movie poster, I mean, you got to see him and, you know, the trailers and stuff, you saw him, you know, with the coat and everything. Yeah, they, they totally didn't. And I, th- I think, I think it was like a foregone conclusion, you know, that, that he was back in it and, you know, a big part of it. So. Yeah, they weren't going to kill him off. Yeah. <laughs> Mike <laughs> uh, Harrison's, uh, chagrin, but. Yeah, yeah well, he, he definitely he wanted, wanted to be killed. Beginning. Because they even mentioned him, like, you know, having to come back and how was yeah. it and doing interviews late night. I think he was, yeah, when he was doing late night stuff. And they asked him if he was happy he was alive now, and they said, he said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more yeah, money. I'll buy that. They asked him something recently, and he was like, I forget what it was. It was like something about, like, did it, did you feel like the nostal- nostalgia or something like that? And he's like, or, I forget what it was, but it was something. He's like, "No, I got paid or something like that." <laughs> I like, remember that. It was like, "Yes, I'm happy to be back. Yes, it's a good story." But, but, but this was just like I don't know what, like three weeks ago. I can't remember if it was when he was on either Kimmel or or uh, or, Fa- or Fallon or something like that. He's like, "No, I got paid." He's mm-hmm. like, "He won't give the fans an inch. He won't give them anything." You know, yeah, just something. But then after that, he uh, he did say he said, "Oh no," he said, "You know," he kind of like put his hands up. He said, "No, honestly," he said. He said, uh, you will absolutely love this movie. Like, right. talk about The Force Awakens. Like, you will absolutely love it. And that, you know, just like, like really sincere, not like the. Harrison Ford's kind of funny in interviews because he could come off as just very. <laughs> it's um, too cool for school. You know, he's like. Yeah, just, just, just like mm-hmm. very flippant or very like nonchalant or non caring. And so when he like takes a, take, makes a point of expressing an opinion that feels like it comes from the heart, I tend to believe it just because. I don't feel he's afraid to say the truth or say nothing at all. Like, I think if, for this one, if he felt like, man, this was a slog, I really didn't, you know, have a good experience, you know, whatever, he would just be like, he would, he would be, he wouldn't make a point of saying how good he thought it was. Yeah, he won't lie. Like, he won't lie about a film, but he right. won't go out of his way to, he's professional enough that he won't crap on a movie. Right. He won't. But he'll say, I had fun working with so-and-so, I, you know, like we, it was good to be able to do this in the film or whatever. But if he doesn't like a film, he will not sit up there and go, I love the film. This is a great film. If he doesn't think it's a good film, he won't say it. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I, I do I always like that about him. Like, he, I never, like, he can come off, you know, but I think sometimes... Uh, even with our fandom, with stuff we like, Pete, some people can get so caught up about it that you, it makes you go, okay, maybe I need to calm down myself if I'm acting like that because they just – Yeah, I mean ultimately for them it's a job. You know, yeah, it's, just, it's a job. You know, and, like, and I don't care if an actor isn't – and they don't have to be into it like we're into it as long right. as they do their job and they, you know, and they perform the best they can. But I think some people get a little – too carried away sometimes with something and, and, you know, then they get angry when everybody's not caught up into it like they are. Just don't spoil, you know, like, just don't try to poo-poo it. Just to right. poo-poo it, but, right. you know, on the other side, everybody doesn't care about it like we do, either. Right, exactly. Yeah. I, 
you guys were talking about it earlier, but one of the things that I loved about this movie was just everything was taken to, I kind of thought like it's, it's natural progression. You know, any of the shortcomings that we saw in the first or second movies, it seems like they totally made up for that in this one. You know, Lucas was never a fan of the cantina scene and the way it kind of played out. Right. We kind of got, I think he was feeling like, okay, he got a better version of that with Jabba's palace where the creatures looked a little better. Things were, you know, not quite as, as pronounced. He kind of kept it a little more low key, at, at least in the, in the theatrical release. Right. Then he it ruined was, it in 1997. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he did. The space battle at the end I thought was awesome because we just saw all of those ships flying around. You really felt like, okay, this yeah. is the this is a real battle. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, from a technical perspective, I know a lot of those scenes in the space battles were just her Herculean. I mean, I remember seeing like specials on it and just all of the compositing that they had to do and crazy and and yeah and uh, you know motion control and everything else. The computers really would like freak out at times. Um, because they were, they were, they had so much going on and they had to composite, you know, so many things, um, and, and just, just so much going on. And, and again, you know, the way that film was edited, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit like, uh, like episode one where you've got, you know, three things going on at one time, you know, you've got Luke and Vader and the emperor, you've got what's going on, on, on the, on the moon of Endor, and then you've got the space battle and, and they're cutting in and out of all three of these things. And I thought, I thought it was just really well done again, kind of keeping you on the edge of your seat, just like, you know, like it or not, you know, episode one, you know, like we talked about for the Phantom Menace, mm -hmm. you know, had that kind of really, you know, good editing pacing to, you know, where you, you know, you started to get into it more because, you know, as things were starting to get really exciting, boom, they cut away and show you something else. And then, you know, and then they cut back and, you know, things like that. So this one kind of had that feel to it, you know, almost kind of like a like a bookend, uh, you know, when you when you watch all six of them together. The land speeder stuff was really cool too. The way they shot that, I mean, we kind of forget about yeah. that, but that was a really cool sequence. Another, you know, piece of technical marvel. I mean, just the way, uh, you know, they, they shot that with like super. I guess what they they went through the the woods in Northern California at like twelve frames a second. They, had they just the walked it right. They just walked yeah. on the ground for a couple miles, and yeah, yeah they had the. Uh, the the steady cams on and they they dialed those things back to like twelve frames a second and just walk through the forest and and uh, and so it, it you know when you speed it up to thirty frames a second it just looks like it's going super super fast um, and just you know the the green the blue screening and the compositing and the miniatures and just like this melding of all these different you know different pieces to kind of put this scene together that you know even in twenty fifteen you know there's times where you look at it and are like you know the compositing may look a little funky but uh, but it really works. I mean, it, it's, you know, just some of those sweeping shots and stuff like that, the way that, you know, the, that those things move is, is, is really good. I mean, you, you know, again, another, you know, car chase, you know, on the ground kind of thing. But again, much tighter, tighter pace to it. It it didn't feel like it went on too long. Whereas with the pod no. race, you're like, holy crap, you know, <laughs> how many, mm -hmm. how much, how much longer can this be? In fact, rewatching it, uh, recently, it, it like I thought the 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 scenes with them flying in space were were longer than they were. Like I didn't realize how short it was. Yeah. But you mean watching, the battle, or you mean yeah, the, the uh, battle the, the from the time that uh, Han when they got those shields down and then Lando took the ships in um, when they were battling. To as a kid, it felt like it took longer. I remember it felt like it took so much longer, and it was tiring to me, like in a good way. 
like, oh man, how are they going to deal with this? Like this struggle of them trying to fight uh, between both of these, all these destroyers, saving time, trying to survive long enough for them to put the shield down, then go in, get into that little crevice, shoot that thing up, destroy that and then get out without getting blown up like all of that it, it just felt like it was a longer thing but when it actually happens and you watch it it it, it seems pretty fast i think it's the editing like russ said they edited yeah. it so tight because yeah. they kept going back to the emperor's room and you're watching mm-hmm. the um the battle from a distance and then you're going back on the planet then you're back i mean they kept cutting it in such a way that it just seemed natural and very seamless it was good job editing and just uh and they even seen the Millennium Falcon go into the superstructure of the of the um, the Death Star too, or whatever you want to call it, the, the newer Death Star. That was pretty great. I mean, that's what, what more can you ask for? I mean, it's, it's, that's what we want, right? It was just perfect. Yeah, I mean, it, that's why I say, like, even though I cannot stand the Ewoks, it, it doesn't kill my enjoyment of the film because there's just so much other stuff. That See, happens. As a kid, I thought they were silly, and I was a kid. Yeah, as a kid, I did too. Like I was right. like, I, I want Chewbacca. <laughs> like I, I don't want this. I was like, right. what are you like, doing here? They were too silly, even for like a six yeah. or seven year old kid. So now, yeah. being an adult, they're even extra silly. But I mean, I guess they were, you know, whatever. They, I don't know. George Lucas has his own idea about you know aliens and being funny and kid stuff, and yeah, that's it. I mean, the thing that strikes me funniest now in the, in, when, in rewatching it. Is at the beginning when Vader arrives on the Star Destroyer or whatever, and uh, he's <laughs> like, "I need more men." And then I'm, I'm standing there, and like he's standing in like you know what dozens and dozens of stormtroopers just standing there <laughs> at attention for like, no reason. Right? Those aren't contractors, though. Come on, come on, Jim. It's the honor yeah, guard, union rules. You can't. You're a stormtrooper. Yeah. You can't be plugging in power tools and yeah, welders. You can't, you can't and for that. You're right. You're right. No. And stuff like that. Come on now. <laughs> I'm you just gotta... saying. It's like you know, we need more men. We'll, we'll double all efforts. I'm just like, yeah. Good luck on working on your efficiency when you have like <laughs> 200 soldiers just standing there waiting for this guy to walk by. Good luck on that. But, um, you, but you're not going to argue. It's, it's my my sous chef Brian Doyle used to use that line when we were busy uh, at Gypsy. We were like really in the weeds. What would you say? Well, I, 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 I would no, but we would be in the middle of of, of uh, you're just like really tense, like making like you know 20 checks at one time, a big huge you know theater rush. And I, I'd be like, you know, throw more sand, throw in, you know. And he's like, we shall double all efforts. It was kind of a way to take the piss, you know. what I mean, kind of <laughs> take the air out of the situation. Uh, I wouldn't be so tense that I'd be like. <laughs> You know, uh, the emperor is not I, as forgiving yeah, as you I were. Be, yeah, 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 I hope the emperor shares your optimism. <laughs> 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 He's not as forgiving as I. Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys? Uh, did you guys ever play the? Speaking of uh, Craig, when you said the the Millennium Falcon going to the superstructure, it made me think of uh, the Return of the Jedi arcade game, the one that had like the driving yoke stick on it that had. So the I think the first thing you played was them on the speeder bikes. Then the second one, the second thing was Chewbacca in the AT-AT. And then the third sequence was the Millennium Falcon with two TIE fighter S or two X-Wing escorts by him. And so you would, you'd fly that around and then you'd have to go into the Death Star. And it like every time you'd go through, it was kind of like the, the original Star Wars, the arcade game. Like every time you went through that sequence, it got more difficult the next time. So there'd be like crazy traps, you know, and, and things like that on the, on the, the Endor levels, and then, you know, the, the flying through the Death Star got trickier. You know, there were more things in your way and stuff. And I remember just playing that game at the arcade just over and over because it was so – it was kind of like this weird 
um, you know, side scrolly, you know, kind of isometric aspect. And then, you know, it was, it was hard, but not too hard. Um, but again, had all the sounds and the, and the voices and stuff like that. The arcade I remember was the one you sit inside. That that was the one. I guess that was the original one, wasn't it? The original Star the original Wars. Yeah, one. yeah. That the That's the one, one I remember the most. Yeah. There were the side-scrolling uh, SNES uh, uh, games based on the Star Wars trilogy that were. Oh, like, those were great. Yeah, they were also they're brutal. Super Star Wars, insane. Super Star Wars, Super Return of the Jedi. Hell yeah! yeah. And the music was really good. Hard. Everything was good in those games. They were yeah, surprisingly. I pulled. I I recently they recently re-released it for the PlayStation Four as a part of the. The Battlefront bundle, and I guess what, the gonna SNES do... games they released. Yeah, the... oh, they did? Wow. well, at least the first one you could buy Super, Super Star, Star Wars, Wars, and it was like I think nine bucks or something like that. They're going to do game. the others. Yeah, great game. It's hard as a mother. Yeah, I mean, it's a pair, it's, man. I remember it's it being hard. Back insanely then. hard. It's yeah. like ridiculously hard. Um, but it's it's fun, you know. They but they redid it. You know, you get trophies in the whole nine yards with it, at least on the yeah, PlayStation. Spruced but. it up a bit. Yeah, the Battlefront thing, the Battlefront pack had like uh, a couple of old uh, Star Wars games, didn't it? It had like uh, Bounty Hunter and. If, uh, if you bought the bundle, the yeah, bundle. it gave you. I think it was Republic Commando, oh, Bounty good... Hunter, um, Jedi Starfighter, and then I think Super Star Wars. It was like four mm-hmm. or five games. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that, that, Republic Commando was awesome. I love yeah, that they're a part of that PS2 emulation, I guess. The Republic Commando and and Star Republic Starfighter are kind of like their first attempt at this PS2 emulation that they're they're doing with the PS4. So I don't think they're out for general consumption yet. I think it's only if you pre if you bought that bundle, if I'm not mistaken. Right, and that was after after they did that, they're like, it is possible to port PS2 to PS4, you know, yes. and then they, <laughs> they rolled out like the ten games or whatever that they put came out with recently. They charged like fifteen bucks a piece for them though, didn't Yeah, they're they? a little pricey for, yeah, they for them. And I have I think I had all the games that already that, you know on PS2 that they you know, they put out. Yeah, I'll spend six or ten bucks for an old game. I'm not gonna go more than that for an old okay. retro one, you know? I mean yeah, come on. No. It's, it's like give me a break uh, already. I went back and bought the uh, what the old uh, X Wing versus Tie Fighter on the PC. I, oh yeah, that. yeah, we were oh, talking about that a lot on one of the earlier episodes. I love that game, man. Played the heck out of that. You know, that was the, so when you guys <coughs> so when the movie was over and and that was it. Did you feel kind of like bummed because it was like at that time it was like this is probably the last Star Wars movie I'll ever see. Like this is. But did, you know, kind of like, kind of like we talked about with Episode Three, but you know, rewind it, you know, twenty years earlier. Oh, you mean after I watched it again? And it, well, yeah, I mean after you saw it like the fifth time in the theater, or oh. whatever times. Yeah. So did, did they did they when did they relabel uh, four as Episode Four? Was it after that? No, no, no. They redid. It was for the re-release before uh, with uh, Empire. Special edition. Okay, so no, it, was way, it was way after Jedi came out. No, 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 no. When they called it Episode Four. Yeah. What do you mean, like, like on the crawl? Yeah. No, that was the the Empire Strikes Back re-release when they put it back at the theater. Um, they that's when they titled it Episode Four. Oh, you mean theatrically? It was actually in the theater that way. Yeah. When when you saw Star Wars for the first time, I think it said A New Hope, but it right. did not say Episode Four. Right. Mm. Right. Um, it wasn't until the re-release, and I think it was either right before or – it had to be before. It had to be. Um, it was the first re-release, I guess, in 78 um, because I remember – that's the time I saw it in the drive-thru. And I remember having this crazy conversation as a little kid 
with my dad with when they did episode four because at that point there was like all these rumors that it was going to be nine that they were going to do four five and six they were going to go back and do one two and three right and then they were going to do seven eight nine so it was it was before empire because we're we're, i remember where we were living so i think it was the 78 re-release is when they is when they actually titled it four because then they knew okay this thing is making more money than you know anybody deserves to make Mm -hmm. and we know we're making a sequel and you know so now it kind of fits yeah, when now uh, the end of this movie, like you said, Russ, I, I thought that I thought the uh, the the prequels would be like coming soon. You know what I mean? When this movie ended, because like you said, the original plan was to do four, five, and six, and do one, two, three, then do seven, eight, and nine, which I guess is now the plan now, but it just took a lot longer than everyone expected. But <laughs> I expected it to like kind of happen in the next few years, and when it didn't, then I was kind of bummed. I like the ending of Return of the Jedi, the original one, not the yeah. special edition one. I, I thought <laughs> yeah. it was a nice ending to a beautiful story. And and something I, I've been meaning to mention, I mentioned in, uh, real quick before I forget again. I'm sorry, Greg, because I will totally forget. Um, if you've never heard the BBC radio plays of the original trilogy of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi, I highly recommend them. Absolutely. They're awesome. They yeah, there's awesome. like a lot of extra stuff in there that wasn't in the movies, and the the uh, the dramatizations are really good. They have a lot of the same sound sound design and everything. They're super great. So I've been meaning I meant I meant to mention it in the last episode, and I forgot. So thanks, Craig. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's good. I was just saying. That, I mean, before the special editions came by, this it was fine. Uh, the way it ended was just perfect for me. I mean, obviously more would have been better, and we got it later on. But it was just a great ending. It was there were three solid movies. It was a true trilogy. I mean, I haven't. I mean, it was a really good trilogy. Uh, again, I have my problems with the special edition. I guess I'll leave it. I'm not going to belabor that, but I think George really ruined some of the nice scenes and the music and a lot of stuff that was just fine in Return of the Jedi and just made it worse with the special edition in this movie in particular. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it so much in the first two, as I said, his changes, but this one in particular, they really they made it worse. Nothing really was better. I shouldn't say nothing. Most of it was not better. His changes. Yeah, only the the, the the I think the positive change was how they opened up the world, so you could see all the celebrations all over other planets. That that was fine. That was cool, but the music changed. I like the original. That music. I didn't like the music. Right? Yeah, the original one was good, like really good. <coughs> yeah, I was okay yeah. with the Sarlacc pit changes, just because it made it. Look more ominous, which than just a hole in the in the, in yeah. the sand, right? Yeah. yeah, that was better. My least favorite change was adding Hayden Christensen as a ghost oh. at the end when he yeah. looks away. Yeah. I didn't have a big just, problem because look, yeah. Yoda and Obi Wan looked the way they did when they died. Mm-hmm. They're at the age they are when they died. They you don't see you and McGregor standing there, or younger Yoda like you saw in the prequel standing there. Well, that was different. you see Sir Alec Guinness and Yoda the way he looked when he died. And then yeah. Anakin, when he finally got redemption at the end, should have looked like the the older actor that they used in the original trilogy, whose name escapes yeah. me right now, rather yeah. than younger Hayden Christensen. Well, that was lo- the- that was him. Just I mean, that you could tell that was kind of oh, you mother effers don't like. After <laughs> <laughs> yes, couch, after Star Wars couch, yes, uh, yeah. it's <laughs> mine. But the thing is, I think maybe there's a reason for that, and I'm not excusing George Lucas at all. He should have left it. You're right. But maybe he, quote-unquote, died as a Jedi the minute he turned into a Sith. So it's like, 
when he joined the force, he redeemed himself and went back to that, you know, his last being his last image of being good was that look. But he wasn't good in that. Well, yeah, that when he, he was sacrificed there. himself before his eyes turned oh, yellow. Wait, wait. <laughs> the last no, him. The last good act he did was killing the emperor. And so, if you redeem yourself by doing mm-hmm. that, that's true. He should man. appear as the old man and not as the young guy, right? I mean, that's the only way I explained it to myself. It's the only way I, it made sense to me. I don't agree with it. They should have left it. You're right. I'm just saying yeah. it's like the original fit. But yeah, the original fit better that you get to see him as the old master Jedi. That's what he should have been. But you know, Lucas was. I, I think there was just a lot of that was Lucas just being annoyed by uh, by comments that people were making about it. It was like, you know yeah. what? I'm gonna put him in there anyway. You gonna deal with it? Did you see Lucas's comments about the new movie? He saw it already, the screening. He's like, yeah, yeah the fans will like it. Yeah, the fan, it'll be good it for them. Aggressive. It yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't think he really cares. Like, I really, I really don't. I Look, man, when you see your old girlfriend with a new guy, yeah. I mean, yeah, you but... wish them, you wish them well, but you're not, you know, enthusiastically wishing them well. You're like, yeah, he's, you know, they're happy. I don't. I don't know. I just don't think he cares one like one way or another. I think if he yeah. really did care, he would have never sold it in the first place. Yeah, he's um, I think he's he has the attitude of you know what? I don't care. Just take it. I don't care. You but that's always been his do. like demeanor. Like even mm-hmm. he's never been like a like an excitable, enthusiastic never. kind of you know like even even back when i mean that's kind of, like spielberg is more that guy right mm-hmm. you know lucas is not really that guy even even coppola you know is, is that kind of guy but spielberg is always just kind of like the quiet subdued you know just kind of give his opinion and stuff so i i think sometimes people see that now and just kind of take that as him having sour grapes or you know being a little pissy about it but i i just think that's his personality like i just don't think he like i only go by the words he says like the, yeah. he was disappointed by the hate he got the, sure. the hate for the movie sure. that did bother him i think that that's when he said you know what i don't want to be i don't want to put my time into something that's going to be subjected to fanboy hate right anymore it's not worth it to me enough to to do that if that's all it's going to get. And I he mean, was if done. he was a true wordsmith and maybe a little bit more diplomatic, he would have said, "You know what, fans, listen up. Your universe of Star Wars that I've helped create is in good hands. You're all going to love this movie. Buckle your seatbelts. It's great." But he couldn't say that. He just couldn't do it. He had to say, "Ah, it's yeah. The fans will yeah, it's good. It's what the fans want." Yeah, but it's not his like his per- like if if he came out and said that I'd almost think that he was being disingenuous. Like it was fake. Okay, just be- right. just because he's never talked that way in forty years. Like he's never. <laughs> yeah, he's always. You know, like for him to suddenly come out and yeah. be like overly enthusiastic about it, I'd be like, okay, he's pouring it on way too. Lucas thick. always sounds like that old man. You know, like yes. if you get to a certain age where you just don't care, like it's not a. It's just not a thing that that bothers you. Honestly, it's very similar to how Harrison Ford comes off. That's exactly what I was getting. Yeah, they're they're similar. Like I don't, they don't have to hold their tongue. Really, it's it's to a point where you just don't. Yeah, worry about it. You just say what you want. You say what you feel, and then you move on. And go just to back up a, a second, Glenn. I guess I was mistaken or just 
heard rumors or somebody told me something when I was a kid, but it wasn't until 80, the 81 re-release after Empire that they labeled Star Wars Episode 4. So when Empire came out, it was Episode 5, but then the year after when they did a re-release, that's when they first put that title card on it. So, so Jim, think, on, on your CBS Fox VHS, what does it say on the titles? Does it just say A New Hope? No, that would have been Episode 4 because that's what they used for the first VHS VHS release. Yeah, okay. just says Episode 4, but not A New Hope. Oh, just episode four. Okay. You know, it's so funny to see on on uh, all today on Facebook. It's just, uh, it's like everyone's batting down the hatches and like, I'm quitting Facebook. I'm turning off my computer. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I've never seen that for a movie. <laughs> Not everybody, like so many people in my feed say the same thing. Like, I'm, I'm off for the day. I'm gone for the weekend. I'm off for it. This is it. Oh, I, I, I'm doing the same thing. I stopped reading or looking at anything Star Wars. That's funny. So this is your cutoff now. That's it from here on. Well, the, I, about Jedi, but yeah, no. Um, I, I've people have texted me. Did you see the new trailer? The the new spot? And I'm like, so I don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. Like I was talking with my buddy Pierce earlier today, and. Uh, you know, he was saying, oh, do you have any theories or guesses about what's going to happen? And, you know, I, I do to a certain extent. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't even want to think about them. I don't want to think about my theories or my guesses or watch more trailers. I kind of, I kind of just want to see it and let it wash over me. I, I don't want to ruin it for myself or overhype it or underhype it or anything. I just kind of want it to happen. Well, I mean, for me, part of the experience is, is, is learning it right there with everybody else. I mean, for me, you know, going on opening day is, is as much for the experience as it is for the movie. Cause, uh, you know, the people that show up on that first day are just going to go nuts, especially, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm even anticipating the scene where they, where they show Luke. I mean, I, I just got to imagine the place is going to go nuts. It's going to explode. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there will be some of that. I'm, I'm assuming. I'm sure you'll get applause at least opening nights and and you know the first weekend for the first appearance of every major character. Like oh. C3PO will get you know applause. R2 will get applause. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. And that's not to say they don't deserve it or anything. It's just that will probably be the the general attitude. I remember getting applause when I for the pre the prequels because again I wasn't at the uh, the the first three but as soon as the 20th Century Fox thing came up there and that people going woo cheering clapping mm-hmm. when that thing came out I wonder if this this one's going to have that or not is it is 20th Century distributing this movie or no nope, no no have oh the wow logo and the no, Lucasfilm logo and then uh, title crawl oh wow okay well I guess when the title crawl when Star Wars hits the screen that's when they'll start cheering then okay not bad and honestly robot. it's not the 20th Century Fox logo that I will miss it's, it's the drum roll yeah the that's fanfare. what I mean I meant that yeah you know yeah. Dun, 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 dun. it's like an unofficial overture to the main theme correct yeah. mm-hmm. right. it's, it's but, totally gonna yeah. throw me off like I'm gonna feel like there's something missing missing I'm gonna have like what is it what do they call it uh <laughs> Cognitive dissonance or something like that, where it's fan of limb more than anything else. I I wonder if they cheese it a little bit, and I don't mean that negatively, but I wonder if when they play the Disney logo, if they have they add in some type of similar but not the same, mostly drum intro to the to the theme. But there is, and I forget, I can't remember if it was for the newest versions that they did. Now the Steelbooks are the same cut. Maybe it was the digitals. They did 
for Empire and Jedi because they, because those aren't Fo- so Star Fox, Wars. Fox still has a New Hope, but they don't. Have yeah, it. yeah, and they'll always have it. Um, but the other two, I remember seeing something on the web somewhere that they've they've done another fanfare that's like a kind of sort of an homage, but it has but it's the Disney logo or something. Oh wow! Okay. Um, but it's still it's just not like I don't know, man. It's just it's it's going to be strange. I didn't see um, the Clone Wars in the theater. Because obviously that wasn't that was I did because I was dumb. There, yeah, I was that was dumb Warner too. Brothers, so that wasn't Fox. But but that was animated. Mean? Like this is oh you mean this, this cartoon? You mean not yeah, the, yeah 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 yeah. Oh, okay, okay. This, you know what? I fell asleep through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you made the right decision. I left from work. The to one go thing see I it. really did like from the Clone Wars was mm. something I'd never considered before. But I love that when the title crawl came, it was voiced, and it was voiced in that. 1940s radio announcer voice and that was yeah, the first it was. Thing that clicked in my head that holy crap that's what this has been the entire time yeah. and my brain just never put those two things together you monster locus <laughs> but i like uh, i, I like that element you know that was that was kind of a cool historical nod to me um it went but, with the ships and stuff like the the old mm-hmm. the silver ships and the when they would land like it sounded like uh uh like um, blimps as they were going through the air. Yep, yep. I Speaking of that. ships, uh, I, I will always love Return of the Jedi for introducing my favorite of the Star Wars non-hero ships, and that would be the B-Wing fighter. Uh, mm. Love the design of the B-Wing. Yeah, that was the cool thing. You know, the you know the first two movies, we pretty much had A-Wing. We had Y-Wings and we had X-Wings, and now we have A-Wings and B-Wings, and it just like, you know, and, and, and the, the crazy... Mon Calamari designed ships like those bubbly looking, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, ships that, that they mm-hmm. had and to trap. Yeah. Of course the, the, uh, tie interceptors. Yeah. Just the shaking it. Like, you know, there are things, and I think this goes to my love of science fiction period where the shaky cam, uh, set shaking explosions outside the ship and everyone's yelling because they're under fire. Like that whole thing has always got me as even as a kid excited. Yeah. To watch it. Like it felt like a, it, like everything was, just, it felt like it was important. Like everything going on and, yeah. and, and how they were yelling. We're not, and Lando's all, even, even under fire, Lando was like, well, not going to get another chance with that Death Star. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah, everyone else is yelling. Like, what are we going to do? We got to escape. We should be going to reading an outside of up or down. Yeah. He's like, you gotta, I'm going to trust Han. Han, old buddy, you got to get that shield down. <laughs> well, the fact that it was, it was firing at ships. Like we've only seen, yeah. you know, Death Star fires at planets. Nope, it can fire at pretty much anything. Oh, <laughs> Which, to a certain extent, it can only fire in one direction. It's like the it's like the ro- the falling wheel in Prometheus. Just get yeah. out of the way. You know the one direction <laughs> right. fired. Don't sit there. So go on the back side, the dark side of the of the Death Star. You, yeah, you won't exactly. have the, the weapon, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you get all excited about it, and his little buddies on the side going. <laughs> 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 That thing's operational. He was like, "What? Like, some <laughs> sharps? No operational? Yeah, that. <laughs> like all of that. Lead, like Ewok aside, like all of you, all those little scenes of of that. Like how it was leading up to that. That one point was just a big. Like it was just so much fun to see. Like even rewatching it a million times after, it's still <laughs> yeah, kind of cool to uh, it- see that." 
it's funny because the whole there's you know there's a couple like cultural things that have come out of this movie. Uh, one of them, you know, talking about the battle scene is the whole Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, that shows I up. Still, every, we still do that. Come yeah, on, we, we just did it. Yeah, we we have uh, your it's taste funny. buds can't uh, can't repel flavor of this magnitude. When, when you hear <laughs> that. the same thing, Admiral Akbar cereal. How many times have you have have, have someone said, "Hey, honey, how do I look in this in these pants?" Yeah, go. It's a trap. You know what I hear too? I hear run, Luke, run. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that too. We, uh, Many bosons died to bring us. the the company. <laughs> the company I work for in Austin, they most of the conference rooms are named after like. There's one that's named Endor. There's one that's named Tatooine. Oh no way! Yeah, oh, the, a bunch of the smaller conference rooms cool. are all named after the characters, and so they all have these TV screens in them. And so the default like screensaver for each room is like. So like there's a there's a Vader um there's a Vader conference room and so the 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 TV that's in there has like Vader on the background and um but the in the Endor one somebody went to the printer and printed out like over multiple tiles on the printer um it's it so when you the the conference room is named Endor, so you go in and you shut the door. And when you shut the door and look back at the door, it's like four by four tile of of Akbar saying it's a trap. They they post it onto the inside of the door. So yeah, it's, it's funny. It's great. Uh, we're gonna see him in a few days. He's in it. He's in the new one. Yeah, that's, that's great too. Like I, that was that is something I look forward to. So when are you guys going to see the new one? Are you going to see it Thursday night, Friday, Sunday? For I didn't me. get tickets yet. My sister bought the tickets. I can't remember if they're for Thursday or Friday, but they're definitely opening weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll wing it. I'll, I'll get there that weekend. I, if I, I can sneak it. in a show before Sunday, I'll try. But uh, yeah, I'm just so happy for reserve seating. Yeah, oh yeah, that that's, is that's, as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, I used to be so mad about that having to pay extra for that, but oh my gosh, I'd do it in a minute now. I'll take yeah, my check. I know. I'm with you. Take my check. Uh, Show up and take my money. Just make sure I have the seat I want. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm going 9 a.m. on uh, Friday. So. Are some theaters doing a six six movie like marathon up yep. until the seventh? They are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. came very For people close who really hate the themselves. Exactly. Well, I was I yeah. was going to do it. I can't. That's a lot. <laughs> it was too far from me, away from my house, for me to do. I it. couldn't do that or in my house. Done. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't do. Well, I did actually. What am I saying? I did. Besides, I missed half the movies because I wouldn't sit through the prequels again. You wouldn't. No, yeah. not unless they had riff tracks on them. That's the only well, way I watch it now. The only way I can watch the prequels now is if I watch Rift Track or the fan edits. Yeah. Yeah. There's still something about, I don't know, to me, there's still something about seeing it on the big screen. Like, I. Oh, totally. They, they redid Phantom Menace in 3D a few years back when they were supposed to. It was before Lucas sold everything, and it was they were supposed to do like one every year. Mm-hmm. And I went and saw it. And the 3D presentation was not very good at all. Uh, but it was still just something seeing it on the big screen. It just, I don't know. Well, it's, it's an just, event, you know? Like, yeah, it, it is. It's only yeah. the hardcore people who care about it like you do who are going to be there, you know? And yeah. it's, it's a total event. I mean, it's like when you camp out for a movie or whatever, you know, or you wait in line for eight hours to go see the first Avengers movie like I did or, you know. Have you guys done those marathons before? I mean, I did it with Batman uh, when the last Batman movie came out, The Dark Knight Rises. I saw Batman Begins and then Dark Knight. Then they played you the movie. You movie theater or? It was at a theater. Oh no, no I've, I've never, never done no. it. Yeah, and actually, it was the it was the IMAX, and it was the first time Begins was actually stretched out to the bigger format or something, whatever it was. And it was pretty cool. I mean, it was a long long night, but it was 
I, I could do three. I can't do seven movies. I can't do that. I can't sit that long. My sister did all three extended versions of the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, did that at home. Yeah. yeah I know. It was, like, it was like 14 hours. And she invited me. I was like, mm, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, I did that at home. We watched them back to back to back, the Lord of the Rings movies, the extended editions. And, man, that was a long day. I think day. the first one, I, I, by the time the movie was over, I think I had made a bed out of the chair. With the, break, <laughs> with the breaks that they took in between the like, meals, I think she said it was like 14, 15 hours. Yeah, so, oh, yeah that's about right. Because there was no one in the theater with me either. I, I think I went like early in the day. I was off from work. and it was, I think it was on like a weekday. And I didn't, I'm not even that much into the films like that, but it was just an event thing. And I was like, well, let me just go see it. You know, I I will mention that, you know, um, every year I go to the uh, uh, overnight uh, horror movie marathon at the Riverside Drive In nearby. Mm-hmm. And because the weather's been so uh, good lately, the Riverside Drive-In is going to open up for, to show Star Wars The Force Awakens Nice on the nice. drive-in screen. They're going to show it, I think, the weekends leading <laughs> up, or the um, the weekend it opens, and then the entire week from Christmas to New Year's, they're going to show it every night with uh, the good dinosaurs, a double feature. So, THX family- sound quality through your car speakers, right? Uh, is that how it yeah. goes? Yeah. Well, I think my family and I might go. I, I think it might be fun to take the kids that way. You know, yeah, that was probably that's like, awesome. Make a night of it, and you know. I'm joking about the sound, but nowadays they have like FM, right? At those drive-ins, yeah, is that how yeah. it goes? Yeah. yeah, but as far as like these movie marathons, I mean, it's more of like going to to hang out with other people who are, you know, what I mean, like my my sister connected with a bunch of talking heads at that that thing, or you know, we go to the horror movie marathon. It's like all the geeks from that area hang out there, and they they go and make a night of it and camp the weekend. Yeah. Basically, a con. Yeah, it's like a mini con. So when you, know, you go to the Star Wars you know, marathon, like that's the same deal. It's you know, the hardcore people who have, who are either you know rich enough not to have, you know be able to take off work or, <laughs> or not employed at all. So. And the theaters usually do something special too. They'll give you like a lanyard. They'll give you a poster. Yeah, right. They'll give you some some goodies for for showing up for the big three. You know, big, you know, marathon. Yeah. I guess. The other. So we talked about the it's a trap, but the other. I guess kind of cultural phenomenon that's come out of Return of the Jedi is the whole uh, Princess Leia bikini uh, outfit. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, and it's hubba hubba. It seemed like it was like a delayed. Maybe it was just as Comic Cons have kind of risen, like that's where it mm-hmm. became more popular. But I, I remember, did. you know, in the late '80s or whatever, that even the early '90s, like even mid '90s, like I don't remember that being a thing. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like one of those, you know, as a as a as a as a preteen, it's something you you remember very fondly. But uh, I mean, but she was. I mean, even in that outfit, it wasn't. I didn't go when I saw it. I don't remember going. Oh wow, she's in that outfit. Like it's like just a circular. Bikini, right? It's like yeah, the yeah. circulars I was sneaking read in the uh, in the Sunday newspapers. You know, the Victoria's Secret ones they would slip in there. That was more <laughs> than the bikini. I mean, the bikini wasn't really. I think it, people make it more sexual than it was. Yeah, but it's it's funny how it's kind of taken off. I guess it's I, I don't know. Maybe you guys tell me. You know, especially you know, Daryl, you, you've and Jim, you've kind of been to more cons in the last few years than than I've had a chance to get to. But is it seem like it's kind of on the wane again? Like I don't know. It seems like maybe 
right around like revenge of the sith era like that was like a thing like they would have you know like 300 people show up at a con dressed like that and you know take a big picture around the display at comic-con or you know whatever and it it doesn't seem like in the last couple of years it's been quite as crazy it has never it stopped was. though like there's no right, right, like right it's one of those standards like harley quinn or dead harley people, quinn right that you know harley quinn is the one where you that's the one now but I'm, I'm just saying i mean slave Leia is like one to me it seems like one of those like one of those you'll see five like, you, you like, if you were playing cosplay bingo at New York Comic Con, <laughs> they would be on the card. You know what I mean? You could just mark up, Slave Leia, up, I see a Harley Quinn, I see a Lady Deadpool, you know. Like, like, I've been in a lot of them, and they've been, it's just like, you'll see, like, five Slave Leias, for the most part, like, walking around, but you don't see, you probably, yeah, you don't, you don't see, like, like, 30 or 40. It used to be, like, you'd see 30, 40, just in a row, just, like, a whole bunch of them just walking around. Yeah. It's but all Harley just, Quinn now. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, Harley man. Quinn now. Yeah, you just see five, and then that'll be it. But it seems weird that it it was such a delayed phenomenon. You know, like you know, twenty years later, it's like a big thing. It just, well, you know what it's it become. So weird. Well, you know, kind of what's come out of that is that it's become the date costume. It's the you know, like I want to wear something sexy. For, like they don't even care about like it's not like women you know like women that were wearing it they, it wasn't like they were even into Star Wars it was just right. that they wanted to wear something sexy with their date or boyfriend or husband or whatever and so they wore you know the Leia thing and then they they wore something else Star Wars to go with it that was just kind of kind of the way that they did it like even now it's an old there was somebody that showed me recently a picture of. Somebody dressed, I think it was Keith, Keith Knitson. He showed me at the con over in Richmond, somebody was dressed as a, as a really cheap looking Jabba and his girlfriend or wife was chained to him as like, <laughs> so I think it's more of an older thing now since we've aged. Yeah. So, yeah. Else. Young girls don't care about, they're not dressing up as no slave Leia. They want Leia with guns. <laughs> they want to That's be cool true. Leia. They you see like, a lot of Laura Croft stuff yes, like that. They don't they don't want to sit there cha- chained to some dude. Yep. Yeah, my I daughter was white robe Leia and she carried a blaster with her. So. Exactly. They want a blaster. They want a blaster. <laughs> and then, like, my middle sister around. went as a uh, Ray from Force Awakens for Halloween this year. You gotta see oh, a lot of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's gonna be the staff. Yes. Yep. Yeah, the staff and everything. Yeah, that is going to be the thing now. Like from from here on, you're going to see a lot of that in the movies. I mean, in all the cons now, you're going to see a lot of it. It's amazing to me. Like you know, they're already like full New Order Stormtrooper armor guys out there, and guys, mm-hmm. you know, they've already like replicated these costumes. Yeah. And the movie's not even out yet. You know? Well, I mean, Disney was really good with that. They even partnered up with companies where there's a lot of like 3D printing and a lot of like mm-hmm. build your own kits, like. They, instead of fighting it like some companies might have, they've steered right <laughs> into it. And you want the parts, you want the schematics, you want exactly you how to do it. Here you go. Have fun. You know, do it like it's free advertising, like it's free yeah. advertisement yep. for that. Well, I think it helps. Like the 501st is a big charitable thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Those guys are incredible. Yeah. So if you they come do down so much, yeah, yeah you yeah, come do. down hard on that and then you just kind of seem douchey. So you, you have to. You know, you have to, to balance that out. So. The 501st, those costumes are on point. I oh, mean, yeah. I've seen these yeah. guys, the local mm-hmm. New York, New Jersey ones. I guess I haven't seen all of them. But, <laughs> man, to be in that in that guild or in that club or whatever you want to call it, 
your costumes have got to be perfecto. And they I had are. A, I had a listener, a friend of mine, but he was a listener to to one of the podcasts I do. To hear that through the voice, like that's how a con. That's how I, he he saw me, and he said something funny that we said in a in an episode through that voice. Yeah, and that that was like the amazing, like to to hear somebody do that. And then we, as we talk, I I, I could sit there and listen to him talk about it for hours how they set up to do these, build these costumes. Like he does the whole thing. They build the whole, how he built it, how they, you know, they get together, how they plan it, how they travel, right. how they yeah. volunteer we, for stuff. Like it's they just, had uh, it. I want to say it was, it was, it was probably the first, I can't remember if it was the super show that we went to, which would have been probably the first time I met you, Daryl and Glenn, when we were there, when we went to Philly that time, did they, were the guys there from the five hundred first that were showing how they did the costumes, Glenn? Yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it, um, Brian is, was was part of that. I think it was right before. Like I think it was like right after in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. starting to really get in it. He was fascinated by it, and that's. Yeah, but they had the guys that were there, and they showed mm-hmm. like the molds that they you know had, and how right. they made the little doodads, and you know this is before three D printing, so they you know they did everything by. <laughs> You know, mold sculpts and, and, you know, buying parts off, you know, eBay and things like that. But it was really fascinating to hear them talk about it and show, you know, what they could about how they, you know, made that stuff. But going back to what Jordan was saying, I mean, Disney really has leaned into that whole sharing the property with the fans thing. And uh, that's really kind of cool, I think. I mean, there's that. You ever seen like the People versus George Lucas where there's that, that kind of give and take as to, you know, who really owns Star Wars as an idea? Yeah. Um I I think Disney is I mean in a lot of ways really like leaned into, leaned into that and use that as as a, you know like an arm of their marketing. So smart move. The new day. Yeah. yeah I was cool. uh it's a new hope. Yeah. To, <laughs> it's not called the new hope, right? Come on. <laughs> to take it back to Return of the Jedi, there was something I forget maybe it was Yahoo News or something like that posted an article and it was from a nightline interview that Ted Koppel did with some some movie critic named John Simon, and he was like totally crapping on Return of the Jedi and just how stupid it was and how it's making kids dumb and just like it was like basically had no, uh, you know, value as a, as a motion picture. And Siskel and Ebert were on to kind of rebut it. And they basically just kind of kind of ripped into this guy. It was just like you know, basically accused him of, uh, of, of not liking fun, you know, just like, you know, not everything has to be, um, you know, completely serious and, you know, um, you know, high, you know, hoity toity, you know, not, not everything has to be an Academy worthy performance. You know, you can go to a movie and have fun. Um, and it's funny because listen to Siskel and Ebert, they're talking about it and. One of the things that that Siskel said was he said this is the kind of movie that Disney should be making, like the kind of movie they made years ago. And uh, you know, in the context now, it just it it was so funny hearing that because it's like, wow, yeah. <laughs> they now they own it, so they are making these movies. You got to give it to Ebert though; he was like one of the first like real uh, film critics to to give genre movies a chance. Like really, sure. I mean, he championed how. Uh, you know, John Carpenter's Halloween when a lot of critics just kind of dismissed it. And, you know, he was one of the guys to really like write scholarly, uh, scholarly way about Night of the Living Dead. And like, you know, I mean, he really like championed those kind of movies when they were quality, like, you know, Return of the Jedi. And it was funny because one of the things they contrasted, uh, Siskel and Ebert did contrasted, uh, Return of the Jedi with, 
was uh, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone in 3D. Oh, Do you guys remember man. that one? Peter Strauss. Yes. Molly Ringwald. I totally remember it. Totally. Yeah, I had a big Molly crush. So. I, I saw that movie in the theater. Me too. 3D. Um, yes, in 3D. Um, but it was funny, and I, I remember I remember liking it. I, it. It was just one of those just, like, dumb, fun, like, it was a terrible movie. Like, it's terrible. Uh, I've literally out. never heard of this movie before. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's bad. You, it's really Michael bad. Ironside was the villain. I think it was a canon film, or it was released by canon. In the, in Wait, what was the name of it again? Uh, Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Yeah, I went to. Is that the one with the three D glasses? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that was the first one I saw. That I think that was the first yes. movie I ever saw. So first three D film I ever saw. But it's old school three D, right? The red and, and the, the blue. blue. Yes. And the, yeah. The red and the blue. No, 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 no. It was no? polarized. Oh, okay. It was polarized. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it was polarized class. Yeah, because when they first the technology that polar, polarized three D technology first came out, there was like this. Real quick spate of little films in 3D. There was one called Coming At Ya, and uh, there was like Frankenstein. Andy Warhol's Frankenstein was released in 3D. All the part threes had to be 3D, like Friday the 13th Part <laughs> Jaws, 3 was Jaws in 3D. 3D. Jaws 3D. Mm-hmm. That was the Psycho's name of the movie. 3D. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I remember Space yeah, I remember Space Hunter. And then there was also uh, Metal Storm, The Destruction of Jared Sin. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, I saw that it, too. used like a lot of the same sets. As Space Hunter, <laughs> Adventures of the Forbidden Zone. It wasn't even as good as Space Hunter. But. No, it was much worse than Space Hunter, yeah, but, which will tell you what kind is, of what kind of quality say, that was. Yeah, we should say this for a bad movie podcast. Yeah, but it, but it was just kind of funny how they contrasted. Like, okay, if you if if you want to make a case for bad sci-fi, you know, then this is the movie you should be railing against, not Return of the Jedi. So, you know, it was and it was just funny because how. They basically Siskel and Ebert kind of made the argument that like, like I was saying, you know, it it doesn't have to be Shakespeare to be good. Like you, it's okay to enjoy a movie and it not you know win Best Picture. Like you know they're they're right. they're you could separate the two. And so it was just kind of it was just kind of funny hearing that today. And like I said, the I thought the thing about the about Disney because that was you know the the mid eighties was kind of like a dark period for Disney. Like the animated stuff was either not coming out and wasn't doing well. It wasn't, you know, kind of until like the late eighties, early nineties where, you know, Disney kind of resurged, you know, with animation, little mermaid, Aladdin, that whole era. Yeah. 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 I'm looking at this Molly Ringwald. She was like eight years old in this movie. It looks like space hunter. It was a breakfast club time. Oh, was it? She looks a lot younger in this thing. Yeah. I was a teen. I was about her age. I was a fan of hers too. So yeah, I was, I had a huge crush on Molly Ringwald. I will not, I will not, I will not, you know, deny it. I did. (laughs) You will not deny the crush. No, not at all. No way, man. (laughs) (laughs) 16 candles. She got better with age. Like she she, did. She looks good now. She look. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like she, I think she looks better. Like when she became a full blown adult than when she Mm -hmm. was like even in her early twenties, but. I had a crush on Molly Ringwald in the eighties. I mean, come on, I'm sorry, I I like Dolly Sheedy a little bit better. I don't know. That's just me. But it's, you, uh, you, you, know. you got get out my brain though. I can, re- I can relate to Dolly Sheedy more. That up. Oh, remember the movie she did with uh, with uh, John Candy? Oh, oh yeah, Only the Lonely. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, War Games. That was a really good. That was a was a Chris Columbus. No, who did that one? Was it a Chris Columbus? Wasn't it or no? It was the other no, the Chicago no, guy. No, um, 
Chicago guy. He does all Chicago movies. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Hughes. John Hughes. Yes, thank you. John Hughes. That's who it was. There right. you go. No, yeah. it was Chris Columbus. Only Oh, no, it was, was Chris Columbus. Columbus. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Right. It was I, one of the Chicago guys. Well, I forget what Chicago guy it was. Yeah, that was I, a good movie, I actually. I love that because of her. Yeah. <laughs> but she looked like she had no soul in the eyes. So I, I love girls <laughs> like that. Stephanie. Yeah. War games. <laughs> yes. Totally. Do you want to play a game? Yes, sir. <laughs> Especially with her. I <laughs> 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 turn that down. It's <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> so the days, man. That's... Then she was on that show. What was it with? Uh... Man, it was like in the late nineties with the guy that was ended up being on Game of Thrones. Um, oh, man, what was the name of that movie? That show? Who, Allie or Molly? Allie Shuggy. Wasn't like, it her? Who you talking? Which which actress? Oh, so, Ali Sheedy. I only have uh, recollection. Uh, if you you mention it, and the name will hit. And then Ali Sheedy was kind of like Mia Sarah. Like she disappeared after a while. You never saw. Yeah, her she stopped working. She wanted to stop or working. Phoebe Cates. That's another one I think. Ooh, Phoebe Cates. Rat yeah. Pack, huh? Oh, I just had the creepy voice. I'm sorry, people. Yeah, <laughs> do that on nothing. On nothing. I'm sorry. Time. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I just saw that movie and I just lost it. Is it? Sure, yeah. Was it in 2002? I don't know, but you're making an edit for yourself here. I tell you that. I know, but that's okay. Jordan's, Jordan's like, that. shoot me now. Just put me out of my misery. You old men, you. Like to play the period. Like to play the period. I thought Ali Shitty was quite attractive. Oh, that was Jamie Gertz. I got to okay. mix up with Jamie Gertz. <laughs> oh, that's Donnie <laughs> Salmo's crush. Old man podcast. Jamie Gertz. Ali Shitty looks great in The Breakfast Club until the makeover, at which point it's like, she looks terrible now. What just, What did you just do? The grunge was better. The grungy look for her. It's like the one part of that movie that doesn't work for me, that everybody's like, oh, she looks so great. No, she doesn't. She looked great before. <laughs> All right. Smoke up, Johnny. So what else? What else? Anybody else got anything with Return of the Jedi? Great movie. I mean, just brought brought a great bookend to three great movies. And uh, yeah. as I said before, how many true, really good trilogies are there? Film trilogies are there out there? I mean, that actually work beginning, well, the, middle, the and end. Spy Kids movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> Back to the Future. Yeah. You can tell, Luke. Is that who you can tell? <laughs> Oh, he was so angry. Mark and poor uh, Richard Marquand, he died young. Like he died just a few years after like he died in 87. He was only 50. Like wow. he was I remember it was like I think it was like like pancreatic cancer or or liver cancer. Like it was something. It was really bad. Like mm-hmm. he he didn't make it too long and he he didn't have a huge huge body of work. I think he he was kind of like uh well, kind of like the unsung hero, you know, it's like he came in, you always felt like he came in to just kind of do the job and just kind of like came in and left. Like, you know, didn't have a huge, didn't, you didn't really feel like he left his mark on this movie. It was more like he was doing what he needed to do. Whereas like with Empire, even Star Wars, I mean, Star Wars, you feel like, okay, that's George Lucas. Empire, you know, Kirshner was definitely kind of the man in control and, and it definitely has his stamp and his his look to it. But mm. Jedi was just like, you know, it's not a knock on him. It's just like he came in and just did a serviceable directing job. There's nothing in that movie that I just was like, you know, just really kind of took you. Uh, 
with how it was directed. It was very straightforward. Although after the prequels, you have to almost respect him a lot more now, right? I oh, mean, sure, sure. Yeah. Definitely. I will say in terms of uh, design elements, this doesn't come down to the directing, but, uh, you know, I think always my favorite stormtrooper design will be the snowtrooper. But the scout trooper is oh, a, is a close second. I mean, the, yes. yeah, the biker scouts are just awesome looking on, on the forest moon. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they had a lot of fun with those, those designs in particular. Um, also design wise, um, I talked earlier about uh, the whole, this is where I first learned that Darth Vader fell in a volcano, but it was because of those freeze frames you could see in the VHS or the laser disc or whatever medium you had of, you know, when the emperor is electrocuting Darth Vader and you just have those brief glimpses and all, you know, of the gears and the metal underneath. And you just had those questions of, Oh, what happened? And cool, cool little tiny elements like that. I, I really love. Just a question for someone that didn't read the EU at all. How do you know Vader fell in a volcano? Like it's not mentioned in the movies though, is it? It was in the articles though. I, I don't even remember where I got that from, but I remember being a, a little kid and hearing that. So I don't I don't know if it was I remember it was in the articles. Yeah, was it? There was yeah, a mention was. of in the uh little uh, captions of the pictures, the picture captions. They would have write ups in them. And the write ups were I think one of the write ups were um forced to wear armor because of the the uh the damage inflicted by Obi Wan on the planet, blah blah blah, and they mentioned the volcano. Like that mm. was like a uh, a little. They'd even tell you, like I think it was the part where the helmet comes down over his head when you first see him. All an empire, an empire, and when you, yeah. I think the caption in the book was something like. They even said it like it was like something like uh, in the battle with Obi Wan, blah 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 blah. I'm pretty he sure there was a, a reference to it in Splinter of the Mind's Eye, too. Yeah, they probably okay, have. That's, yeah. that's where I first remember hearing about it or reading I remember in the so. magazine. I think it was in yeah. the, uh, like in the, in the magazine thing where they they would tell you parts of, like, stuff. I think they would take the canon or whatever from what they had already written in things, like books or whatever, and they would put it little things in the in the caption so that you would know. So I think that's why people that were not into reading the the other stuff, they just watched the movies. I think that's the why so many people knew that it was a volcano, but they don't remember where they read, how they knew that. <laughs> but they just knew that. I think it was. It, it was your it was your brother's friend's cousin from school yeah. who told you know Sally who told Jerry. Like, where did you get that from? And then, but it's like it's weird because normally that kind of thing would be something that just was a a rumor that never actually had any basis in truth. Right. But this is like the one thing I can think of from like my childhood that you always heard was the was the real secret that actually played out as being legit. And they would never let that that leak out now. I mean that's something that they would hold for something that's later. Something that was viral before the internet existed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty pretty crazy. It's it's just funny how these these things got out back then, you mm. know, when when there was no mass media but it was funny you know I, I knew and then sometimes you think okay it's just regional like you must have made it up or your buddies made it up or something like that because you couldn't like remember exactly where to place it and i know when we moved to houston i was like okay i've moved on the other side of the world from my perspective and like people knew these same rumors so it was just like okay there had to be something to it so well you know i'm, I'm looking at uh the net and 
They had uh, evidently there was an interview in Starlog in 1980, and Hamill wow. recounted a a background story where he was told that that was what happened. Ah, there we go. There was Starlog. Had, it became tribal knowledge yeah, ever since. Yeah. Before the internet, man, that was where you, you got all your sci-fi and fantasy movie news for sure. Because it made me, it made me go, well, where the hell is this at? Like it, it made me go, <laughs> I have to find this. Like where the hell are you hiding this stuff at? What's the problem with you people? It's right at the end of the Christmas special. Just watch it again. You'll that's see. Right, it. That's <laughs> right. yeah, all the way to the end. The they tell you thing. like it's been on, like the way that it's explained. It's like it's already been out there. Like, oh, who doesn't know he came from Krypton? It's right. There. And not only did it end up being true, but I'm surprised that just in the process of rewrites and all that kind of stuff, that it didn't change to something else. Because I mean, we we all know the stories. You know, Han Solo was originally a lizard man. It was Luke Starkiller, and and all these different all right. things. Uh, it, with all the things that changed, I am surprised that that one stuck around. Not that I think it's bad in any way, but I, I just am surprised that, you know, with 30 years, it didn't become something else. I think that was more because Lucas wanted it that way. And that was, and he, he was like, it's going to stay that way. That was what I <laughs> wanted to happen. And, and that's what's good. I'm going to stick to that story. That's what I want to tell eventually. <laughs> Well, anything else as we wrap this up? And I guess at this point we're less than 72 hours away from the premiere of The Force Awakens. Which oh, my is, God. We're still online? i got to get out of here. Insane. <laughs> Somebody's going to say something. Is he going to let me know? I can't have this. I need to get offline and go get in line. Go get yeah. In, yeah. yeah, tonight. Think, yeah. tonight's the world premiere. So yeah. That's right. Red carpet. <laughs> I got the email. The, it's, it's live right now. Wow. Somebody have a bootleg up of it somewhere. You know think it. so? No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, beware of spoilers, everybody. And I'm just going to wait and see happen. who's going to get angry tomorrow morning and... Yeah, I can't wait I can't wait to hear how many how many people's childhoods have been re-ruined? Ruined again? <laughs> ruined? <laughs> yeah. Are they embargoed? Are the reviews embargoed? I'm curious if... Because if, usually once they have the sneak peek... Well, this is like the world premiere, so it's all the big wigs, muckety mucks. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much press. At there this is a one. press screening because I heard it being talked about on a on a one of those um, reviewers that has their own podcast. That I mm-hmm. think it is there is a a, a, a screening at this week, so it has. You to know be what that good. means? It means Aaron will get to see it before any of us will. I know. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I oh know. yeah, you'll see his Facebook. He'll he'll uh, yeah. shine it in lights. Like, oh, I, <laughs> yes. I can't believe I got to see this. But they make him talk about embargoes. Like, he'll watch the movie on Monday, but he can't talk about it until Thursday or something. I mean, that's yeah, usually how it goes, right? Thing. Yeah, yeah. It dep- I, I was curious if this one has an embargo or an, a review embargo or not. Sometimes once the press screening goes up, then the reviews can go out. You know, you well, the to- deal is you can't, you can't talk about it until the first show right. that's open to the public. So you see it a couple days before as a member of the press. Usually. usually. Yeah, not not sometimes it's because I know I can't remember the last movie. Was it Age of Ultron even? Mm -hmm. Like it was there were definitely the ratings, the Rotten Tomato scores were starting to funnel in before before the premiere. Well, remember they're they're they got it before the states, the United States got it. Remember? Oh, that's probably why. Well, that's true. Yeah, so that it true. still goes by, and and the same thing is going to be with Star Wars. I, I a friend of mine from uh, from Sweden, he gets to see it before we do. They get it. They get to see days, it early, right? and they get to be the home of death metal. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why is it? Because the time zone thing is like just the, some. It's just some. Sometimes it's it's 
I know in some countries it's cultural, like movies typically come out on mm-hmm. a certain day or movies oh. don't come out on a certain or day it's because the deal that they have with the yeah. studio like all mm-hmm. the marvel films all those disney stuff i think they have a deal where they just they go out and other they get it released in other countries and a few other countries before the united yeah. states i think a lot of it just has to do with like typical box office like they don't want to disrupt that you know you don't want to mm-hmm. kill the box office for a you know a, opening weekend or opening whatever because it's it that's when movies open like for right. here it's always wednesdays and fridays right but, but you know in other countries it's different days of the and week. then other studios they don't other countries don't get it till like a month later sometimes yeah like, japan is typically like a couple of months china is usually pretty delayed like mexico that's, won't get it till like maybe two three months after it's yeah. aired i know that that's the big thing with they're saying with the force awakens the one reason it may not hit the worldwide box office as fast as Jurassic World is because in, in Fast and Furious because I guess they opened in China pretty much like right off the gate mm-hmm. and I think it's not coming to China until sometime in January so you know China's like this huge <laughs> huge emerging market it's, so. it is it is it is huge like that has made the Fast and the Furious oh sure so big and the Marvel movies too I mean they've mm-hmm. you know Iron Man. That's a big reason why Iron Man three made as much as it did. Even so. failures have pretty much made uh, double, double the triple because of yeah. uh, Terminator Genesis. Problems. I mean, that's China pretty much saved that to possibly move forward. So yeah, wow, totally. terrible. Pacific Rim. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mad Max. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are we? Uh, are we Jedi'd out? We're never Jedi out. Well, <laughs> anybody else have have any closing thoughts, closing closing words? What if it sucks? Fanboys. How many times has that been quoted uh, throughout this time? Oh man, leading up to this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Every drunken conversation I've had about Star Wars, someone out of the group says, "What if it sucks?" Yeah. If it sucks, it sucks. I still got plenty of good Star Wars stuff that I can revisit as many times hey, as hey, I want. You shut your mouth. It's not about that. It's about what if it sucks? <laughs> Our lives are over. But what if it doesn't? <laughs> no, I don't know if I can handle that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the rumor is like The Force Awakens, according to Disney, needs to make $1.5 to be profitable. But mm-hmm. Wow. What? Or that's to be a, a success, to be a, not be profitable, to be a to be considered a a good a, a, a really good success. Um, a, I don't think that's going to be a problem. <laughs> um, but B, I think the merchandising alone is probably going to do one point five billion. Like I, I feel like after this movie, regardless of anything else. Now, granted, I know they don't take everything with with you know considering box office and and. Um, licensing and everything else, you know, there, obviously there's, you know, overhead and everything else and, you know, everything else that, that deals with it. But I've, the marketing blitz on this thing is like unheard of. So it, I can't believe, and the stuff is flying off, is off the shelves. Like you go mm-hmm. into Target and Walmart and Kohl's and all these, it's like they all have the stuff, but then you'll go back to those stores a week later and it's like they have half the stuff they did last time. So even crazy, you know, blankets and cups and, you know, whatever else. I can't believe that they're not going to make almost the $4 billion, definitely in gross. Well, I think they already world. made it back with the merchandising. It's just, I, yeah, I would now think. it's the movies. I mean, it's Now not. it's the film to see how many tickets they can sell. 
So oh, Avatar really? is the worldwide highest film, $2.7 billion. That's just mm-hmm. highest grossing, not including the merchandising and stuff. Titanic right. is number two, two point one. This still, thing can definitely yeah. knock off Avatar. I mean, I, I just don't get the Titanic one. I remember I having either. to be made yeah. to watch that movie. I'm like, oh my god! All we get is her. He's drawing her now. <laughs> Listen, I, I I think that uh, that really it's going to make a ton of money. But I don't I don't I don't know that it has to make 1.5 you know billion to be successful because really they're planning for a multi year. You know, run of a sure. ton of movies. Now, if this movie sucks, <laughs> you know, no one's going to be going to 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 the later ones. I mean, we've already right. burned with the first, you yeah. know, first three. So, so I mean, it's within. I mean, what they're banking on is the future, not necessarily just this one movie. But. Right, right. But I guess well, you this know, is the new I mean, normal, though. To, yeah. To kind of to want to be able to say we got this many tickets for the first weekend. Yeah. More than you know. I personally, I think it does three billion worldwide. I think there's an out. If this thing is truly a runaway hit, like if everybody loves it, um, I think it could be the first. I think this is a very, very outside chance, but I think it could be the first domestic billion dollar picture. I think I think that's a I big mean, um, stretch. Unless it's it crush snows, Avatar. you don't Come have on. to deal with the snow uh, right. because that was a thing too. Like, yeah, how is the weather going to be before this movie comes out? Well, it depends how long they leave it in the theater, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, the thing with Avatar and Titanic was it, it stayed in the theater for almost a year. You yeah. know, so it, yeah. it never had like box office, either one of those movies never had crazy weekends. It was, they had five weekends in a row where the attrition was, you know, 5%, 3%, you know, where typically, you know, after the first weekend, your attrition is like 60%, 50 right. to 60%. And, and those movies just didn't have it. So, Mm-mm. you know, they just they just played the long game, you know, with those. And now, you know, the only thing to its disadvantage is movies are coming out a little earlier than they used to. You know, it used to be like January, February, March was like a dead time. Like, you know, you had all the stuff in December for the Oscars yeah. and then there was nothing. And now that summer season is creeping you know, more and more and more. I mean, we got Deadpool in February. We got Batman, Superman in March. We yeah, got a lot you know, of big it's, block, it's, blockbusters. They, yeah, they yeah. And they do that so the Blu-ray can be out for Christmas. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. So if this is coming out in December, that means theoretically this could be in the theaters for what four or five months, and then the Blu-ray yeah. will definitely be in time for Christmas way before that even. Oh, yeah, it's summer. Just, they don't yeah. have the luxury of being able to just have Star Wars for the next, you know, like eight months. And just Star Wars, like yeah, they have to get in the Blu-ray quick. You can't; it's it's changed now. You have to and they got to make room for the next blockbusters that are coming up. Right? Yeah, yeah just the theater owners aren't going to keep it. It's like when you know, if if you're not filling up a a, a theater a slot, you know, you're not you don't want to you know you don't want to do that. You want to bring something in that's going to fill seats. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. I, th- I like I said, I think it. I I don't know. I mean, if Jurassic World can make six fifty, and I I mean. It Jurassic World bad. is one point six billion. That's number three, right? Yeah, I uh, worldwide. See that happening. I, I did. I totally didn't see it happening, and I I thought it was okay, but I didn't think it was great. Um, so you know, if if that can bring in that kind of money, I think this could easily do seven seven fifty easy. I think that's 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 not even a stretch. But um, I'd be curious to see if it can do a full bill. I I I I'd be really surprised. But Domestically, anyway. not not worldwide. You I mean just in this country? One just billion in this country? Yeah. No, I think bill. it'll do three billion worldwide because it has that repeat. It, I mean, yes. there there are a lot of things go into it. Meaning, you can also you can first you can bring your kids. 
Second, you can it gets repeat business. Well, people are going to want to see it in IMAX, and yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. like, I'm not going to the IMAX right out the gate, but I'm definitely going to see it in IMAX. So, I mean, I know for certain I'm going to see it twice, if not three times. And then so, I want to, because I, I have to see it when I don't have to hear clap, because you miss things when you're just sure, excited sure. about it. So then I want to see it again, where it's you know a little while <laughs> 11 after eleven o'clock that. on a Tuesday, you'll yeah. see that matinee, you'll see a, yeah. a, a twelve twelve p.m. show, that's a noon show, right? So, yeah, so you catch every like you can you can actually sit back and just catch everything that you didn't catch because that happens to me every time I go see a movie and then it's like, oh wow, that scene where the thing and the horse and I was like, what? What, what are you talking about? What scene is this? And then probably when we, people were cheering and then you know you just didn't catch it, right? So plus, I mean, if it's as much of a ride as the original trilogy were, you know, movies were, people are going to want to just see it again and again you know, yeah. to mm-hmm. ride the ride. So. It's like the anti-Titanic. Like, Titanic was the teenage girl. Mm-hmm. This is, like, the nerd yes. boy. Like, I mean, that that's the target. I'm not saying females aren't into Star Wars because they definitely are. And I well, think that's more a now new so, thing, too. Yeah, like, more now so yeah, than ever. But yeah. I think I think this is – and this is, the you know, multiple generations. Like, I think with, with the prequels, it was like, okay, people are taking their kids. Now you're talking with, with these movies. It's like – People are taking their kids and people are taking their grandkids. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, if you were a late teenager and 20 year, year old when Star Wars come out, I mean, you've got grandkids that are old enough to see this. And, right. and it's generational. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can you imagine JJ right now just sitting back looking at the same list I'm looking at? He's like, man, I'm coming for you, James Cameron. Just give me three more days. <laughs> I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> well, you add to it the social media aspect of this, which sure. wasn't didn't exist before. I mean, this is this is new also. Like. You know, having something that is so big and be uh, everybody's quoted on their walls, on their Twitters, on their like it's something where you can mention something and a director or writer will, will message. Like it's funny because today, just today, I in a Twitter conversation with somebody who said talking about the Deadpool thing, the freaking writer producer of Deadpool. Um, I said I hope that I like it. You know, like I hope that I enjoy it more than I because I kind of. Got tired of the character in the comics. I hope that I like it more than the comics. What happens when a write the writer director of that of the movie messages me and says, "I think you will. I think that I think this movie will, will. I think you will like this movie." Like, what kind of world is that now? You never would have had that before. Yeah, no. Where you have the people working on these movies, <laughs> or or even actors, that sometimes they like they'll they'll message their look up their you know like to see what people are saying and they'll hit you up on twitter and stuff to talk to people about their films to you know to kind of get excitement going i mean when i saw that it cracked me up because you never see something like that you know before so even people coming out of star wars seeing the movie if they like it people they will go online and they will talk about it which will get other people to go see the movie if they said i don't want to go see it yet yeah, I want to see what people are going to say. Well, and how many how many people do you guys talk to where it's like, you know, we're, we're all crazy nerds and we're going to see it opening day, opening mm-hmm. weekend. I I mean, there's so many people I talk to that are like, yeah, I'm going to wait until the second weekend yep. or the third weekend because it's just going to be too crazy. Like, yep. I just don't want to deal with having to fight for tickets and mm-hmm. you know, and crowds and everything else. So I I think this movie is going to have a less than typical second, third week drop off just because the normies will be going, you know, week yeah. two, week three, and, and us crazy people will, will have uh, 
you know, gobbled up everything in the first weekend. Exactly. Yeah, they can't take the Jedi's with the, you know, the lightsabers and the masks. Oh and man, stuff. yeah, because yeah, you know that's what you know. You go to if you go to opening night screening, it's gonna be man. it's gonna be cosplay all over. You know. Yeah. Although they banned it though, in certain didn't they ban the masks or something or um, mass mass and mass and guns, mass and lightsabers, anything that looks like a anything that looks like a weapon. Yeah. Wow. So. Fun times, fun times. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks, guys. This has been a ton of fun. Uh, you know, just talking about everything, you know, related to the movie, related not to the movie, the upcoming movie. Um, it's it's been fun to do these six episodes, and so uh, Force Awakens will be out as, like I said, as we recorded this, we're less than three days away. Uh, we will do some sort of uh, Force Awakens wrap up. You know, after after doing all six of these, we're not going to leave you hanging without talking about the Force Awakens. So, <laughs> what movie are you talking about? I don't know. Yeah, I mean that that it might even be a two parter, uh, de- depending, you know, if good or bad, it may be <laughs> two parter. But yeah, um, I'm sure we'll have a ton to say one way or the other. But uh, more to come on that. We're still trying to pull things together uh, <laughs> in the next week or two, uh, but it will be soon because we'll we'll all be busting at the seams to talk about it. So. Uh, thanks everybody. Thanks for, for coming on. Maybe we can get, uh, get Frank or, or Bill on or back to, to talk about that as well. So, um, till then definitely check out hhwlod.com, uh, for all the cool podcasts that we have on the network. Uh, t- check out Dar- uh, Daryl's site, Taylor network of podcast.com. He's, he's, uh, all about the podcast as well. So there's tons and tons of good, great, awesome stuff, uh, that he's working on over there. Um, and thanks for being on, Daryl. Well, thank you. I, this is a ball. I've having a ball talking about this. So. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, thanks for having me on. Anytime, anytime, as always. Um, all right. So until next time, thanks everybody. Uh, we will uh, we will catch up with you soon.